Cargo Cult is a production of Radio Nemo West. Cargo Cult is all about the movies, books, music, and moments that help shape the lifestyle of not only the trucking industry, but also the American obsession with being on the move. What if something just like jumps out in front of you and you have to stop? Don't. What was that? A Mazda. Host Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn engage in a wild, freeform discussion with folks from both the transportation and entertainment worlds. I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a show that's all about the journey. So far, we're doing fine. Hadn't got a call. And now your hosts, Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn. The Cannonball Run is an 81 action comedy film directed by Hal Needham, produced by Hong Kong Golden Harvest. Golden Harvest Films, it, it sounds like a cult, doesn't it? No, 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 no. We'll get to cults in a second. Distributed by 20th Century Fox, it was filmed in Panavision. I, I still don't know exactly what the importance of that is. It features an all-star cast ensemble, including Burt Reynolds, Dom, I Take Abuse Consistently, DeLuise, Roger, Slicker Than Asphalt Moore, Farrah, Everybody's Wall Poster Fawcett, Jackie Chan in his only second role in a movie, and Dean Martin, and of course, if Dean Martin's there, so is Sammy Davis Jr., Personal, personal friend, friend of, of mine. mine. Uh, the film is based on the 1979 running of an actual cross-country outlaw road race in the United States, beginning in Connecticut and ending in California, which is where we record Cargo Cult. Good morning to you, Justin Wellborn. Good morning, Jimmy Mack. How you doing, man? So Cargo Cults, of course, is uh, us talking about the movies, the moments, and all the great things that kind of, that American urge to get out there and drive and see the world and also connected into the trucking culture that um, now we exist in in the present day. Sure. Why it's into all of our cultures. We're also moving through Joseph Campbell's uh, 14, 15, 13, 16, depending on how many you count about um, stages. Depending on who you consult on the internet. Yeah, whether it's George Lucas or Joseph Campbell. You're talking to somebody, they'll tell you that there are at least 13, if not more, steps of being a hero. And one of the things we've talked about in the past but never got to was allies in its most literal sense. Yeah, this is about friends, family, the ones you hang with. The ones you choose and the ones you're related to. And the ones you need in a pinch, too. I mean, that's, that's right, that's man, a- to, to win. And both of these things are are car movies that we're, that we're moving in. We're, we're going to move through Cannonball Run, the first one. We're not going to go on to the, uh, the legendary sequels. If and, you've seen one, and, and, you literally have seen that, them it all. It really is. And these are two movies back-to-back, 1981's Cannonball Run and 1982's Six Pack, which I chose because it just had a... a a, a patina of just of love from when I was young. You just you just love this movie. It had enough cursing in it, but enough of that good old stuff. And actually, what I think it was was it was mainly filmed in Georgia, where I'm from. And so all the different locations that they're doing just kind of reminded me of home as a kid. And this time I was like, oh yeah, they just shot all that in Georgia and did B-roll of you know while they're going down the highway for the signs. The song is really charming too. I'm not going to lie. I, I really like that song. It's a nostalgia. It's a song that just brings up so much warmth. It, it, it is as, it, the song's subject matter is as warm as his voice. It is a perfectly picked song. I mean, it's movie. kind of, it's, it, it's got a, Six Pack has a great soundtrack to it overall. It's kind of standard country, you know, twang at the time. But I mean, you've got 
Love Will Turn You Around by Kenny Rogers, who happens to be the star of that film. Right when with a man's doing Lion Share Productions, you know, finally saved the movie from its uh, its kind of nebulous beginnings. Development hell. Right, right, right. The and picked it up, you know, and, and, and took it on to, uh, well, whatever fame that it actually got. But let's go back to Cannonball Run. What's interesting, too, both of these films, Cannonball Run does very, very well at the box office. Six Back Huge. does okay. Both of them do extraordinarily well in the burgeoning new market of HBO will show this feature only at night. I think night. that's where I saw it. But both of them yeah, first time. didn't have to be shown only at night. They were often afternoon movies, right, right, weekend right, right. movies. Yeah. Uh, kids of all ages got a chance to see this. I have a wacko theory that I wanted to share with you, and I think you get a kick out of it because you made me think of this. So we're driving over here today uh, to do the show, and there is something about Cannonball Run that makes me made me a little soul sick, and I was glad that you had the same sort of response to it. Yeah. In the same way, we were talking about the idea because Dom DeLuise gets the living hell beat out of him. He just gets slapped around like a stooge from the Three Stooges. Well, that's exactly, you know? and that yeah. was the analogy we made. The right. idea that as I've gotten older and I go back and I watch the original Stooges, because I'm I'm no fan of Shemp, um, I'm no fan of uh, Curly Joe. I'm a fan of the original Curly. He's such a sweet soul. In, sure, in man. Those... He's not a sadist, and 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 he's not a twerp. And he like likes Larry. people. He does, and he just kind of reacts when he gets poked. But he mainly gets the the shit end of the deal. And and and, and Dom DeLuise, in many ways, serves the same sort of role in this movie. And, totally, and it's Burt rem- Reynolds' foil. And I remember when you and I were talking about this in the car, we were saying that when we were little kids, or when we were like you know what I call in the preteen years, the adulthood of childhood, nine to eleven, which is when that sweet spot really occurs. <laughs> Maybe a little bit older than that for me, but when you're there there's a real sense of, it just was fun what cool dudes racing from one corner of the country totally. to another what righteous dudes yeah, having yeah. a good time your alpha male guy turning to your sidekick fool and slapping him around a little bit to get him into shape sure so six pack right six pack and cannonball run and we talk about the idea that these movies got very very popular being watched in the afternoons and on the weekends a whole bunch of kids of all ages really getting a yeah. kick out of him i'm certain them. that's where i saw him the first time. here's what's interesting Growing up as a kid in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, anybody will tell you you got a steady diet of – basically, when you grew up, there were five channels, CBS, NBC, ABC, and then you had your local PBS and your local independent station. That was it. Your local independent station consistently in the mornings would get reruns of two things. Do you remember what they were? Little Rascals and Three Stooges? That's exactly it. That is? Oh, for you too. That's exactly okay, it. Okay, that's what I watched. I, but boy, and, right, we, and Justin right and I did school, not- Right school, that yeah. was it. You could click it on and Little Rascals and Three Stooges, man. And Justin and I did not rehearse that. I just no, I, I yeah, took yeah, a yeah, leap yeah. of faith to no see idea. if you'd go there yeah. with me. And what's neat about it is, is the fact that our gang and the Three Stooges are staples of what it means to be a boy in America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Mm. And the idea that everybody always wanted to have a group of people that they beat the hell out of, because that was fun as a kid. <laughs> And everybody wanted Playing to have a, tricks on. And everybody yeah, wanted right. to have a gang. Everybody wanted sure. to have a gang. And if you look at both these movies, if you look at Six Pack and you look at Cannonball Run, they emerge straight out of that tradition. Hmm. What else right. is cool, right. though, you talk about that as brutal as Cannonball Run can be and how it treats its fellow man. Um, it's a lot of fun in the sense that you can see how much fun. And it's a problem, too. So we watch Smokey and the Bandit, right? And we say to ourselves, man, they're having a good time, and so am I. Sure, yeah. Okay. And then the next one, Smokey and Bandit 2, which is the year before this one. Yeah. Man, they're having a good time. Oh, boy. And I'm not having as good of a time as they are. And Cannonball Run really, I think, at times crosses the line there, where I feel like they're having a better time. That They're and- having a better time than we are. Being in the film 
And they're kind of have those wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments where I'm kind of like, <laughs> and then I never laugh at it again. Yeah. And it's funny because you could actually draw a line from our gang into Ocean's Eleven, the original mm-hmm. one, into right. Cannonball Run, into the Fast and Furious. I think it's all the same we, genre. That's right. I think we talked about that too, except Fast and the Furious takes itself so seriously while this movie is obviously an action comedy you know and, and did you see the last one the did you see the last fast and furious dude i think i stopped watching it six well no it's, maybe, it's weird though I, I i get it as soon I, as the rock came in i was like but i'll tell you this just fight guys fight for the baldest man on the world i know but i'll tell you this it's one of the few series where actually the series gets better what you got, brother? What you got? I mean, in Justin's defense, if you rewatch the first fast, the first few Fast and Furious movies, they do take themselves really seriously. It's not until like Vin Diesel comes back, and then they're just like, it's all up in the air. Oh yeah. Oh, the first one is deadly serious. The first one is about right, an undercover right, right. sting operation and somebody crossing the line, like becoming like Serpico or for, something. For you know? street racing, street yeah. racing, which is an actual thing here in Los Angeles. You know. Oh, the first uh, one is deadly serious. Yeah. This is we we're chopping cars. We're making them. Turn it, you know, we're making them hardcore and and we're racing and and putting civilians into into harm's way. Family. You know. Until it jumps a car from one building to the bu- next building, I think that's. I think that was the last one I saw. Well, how about the one where they, in the, in the latest one, they jump a cliff and then he jumps it in a way to hook onto a cable that will swing them back around and swing them over back onto the uh, terra firma. It's absurd. And, and I have to tell you. CGI awesome. And, and basically, yeah. and, and I will tell you, I actually love the chutzpah of it because the idea is like, I want to have a vacation. I want to bring the coolest people on my vacation. I want Kurt Russell on my vacation. Sure. But Everybody isn't that get- the plot of the new Knives Out movie too? <laughs> We're going to have a big vacation, but someone's going to get killed, you know? <laughs> no, I'm, but Which I mean- pretty literally- much should be, the, <laughs> it should be the plot of most of the Fast and Furious. We came in with eight. We're leaving with three. Everyone else, road rashed. But- <laughs> they come back in the next movie like they, they show got up to. and it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. hey, the G.I. Joe gang is back. Thanks for listening to a preview of this episode of Cargo Cult. Like what you heard? Hear more from Jimmy Mack and Justin Wellborn exclusively on the SiriusXM app. Subscribe today at SiriusXM.com. <laughs>